Hey, Upper Cape Catch listeners. This week, we're rerunning an episode we did a few months ago about the decommissioning of Pilgrim Nuclear Power Station in Plymouth. The story has a really interesting update that comes to us from Sandwich Enterprise reporter Teo Wolf, who we'll hear from toward the end of this episode. And now, here's our show. If you've been following the local news lately, you may have heard that the energy tech company Holtec International wants to discharge radioactive wastewater into Cape Cod Bay. This is part of their larger project to decommission Pilgrim One, an old nuclear power plant in Plymouth. There are laws and regulations that may prevent this discharge from happening, but Holtec has been repeatedly pushing back. Most recently, back in November, a Holtec representative went before the Nuclear Decommissioning Citizens Advisory Panel, or NDCAP, to give an update. There was kind of this crazy moment that took everyone, including our regional reporter Alex Megerly, by surprise. Here's Alex, explaining what went down in the meeting. So, the Holtec representative was giving his update to the Nuclear Decommissioning Citizens Advisory Panel. Good evening. So, the first item uh, on our update on the decommissioning status at Pilgrim. And mentioned that Holtec is going to pursue amending their permit. Currently, they have a National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, or NIPDES, permit, which they have previously stated they think allows them to discharge the water. EPA has said, no, it doesn't. So there's some conflict there. So they said, okay, we're willing to seek you know, an amended permit. We are also proceeding um, with submitting a NEPTES and surface water discharge permit modification. And then Andrew Gottlieb of the Association to Preserve Cape Cod asked the Holtec representative. And there will be no discharge prior to the resolution of the permit issue? To which the representative said, um, I, I can't say that. Which is pretty noncommittal, and I think the audience in the crowd understood what that was saying or not saying, um, and you could tell they were not happy. So clearly, the audience at the NDCAP meeting was not happy with the Holtec representative's answer, because if Holtec dumps any of the water into the bay before their amended permit comes through, that's against the law. Personally, when I heard those clips from the NDCAP meeting, I was left with tons of questions. Is Holtec planning to circumvent the law? How would they even do that? And by the way, exactly how dangerous is this radioactive wastewater anyway? Today, we'll explore these questions and more. Stay with us. listening to the Upper Cape Catch by the Enterprise, where we bring you audio stories on the latest news from Falmouth, Mashpee, Bourne, and Sandwich. I'm Gilda Geist, and today we're going to dive into all the controversy surrounding the decommissioning of the nuclear power plant Pilgrim One in Plymouth. But before we go any further, let's talk about what it means to decommission a nuclear power plant. I'm Diane Turco, director of Cape Down Winders and also on the steering committee for Save Our Bay MA. Decommissioning a nuclear power plant is supposed to clean up the site and return it to use to the public. Cleaning up the site is very dangerous because it involves radionuclides. And some of these are dangerous for thousands and thousands of years. Diane has been advocating against nuclear power in Massachusetts and at Pilgrim One for a long time now. She spoke at the meeting we heard about at the beginning of this episode. How many here think it's illegal? Have we heard enough information? Is it illegal to dump? Okay. So why is it illegal for Holtec to dump this water into the bay? Well, there are several laws and agencies governing this type of action. 
For one thing, there's the Ocean Sanctuaries Act, which is a state law that defines what you can and can't do in an ocean sanctuary. It also designates Cape Cod Bay, as well as four other water bodies, as ocean sanctuaries. The law says you can't dump commercial waste into an ocean sanctuary, but it also says there are exceptions. Those exceptions get way into the weeds, but there's still so much more. There's the Clean Water Act, which is at the federal level and makes it illegal to dump pollutants into U.S. waters without a NIPTES permit, which we heard a little bit about earlier. A NIPTES permit will lay out discharge limits, reporting requirements, and other checks to make sure what is being discharged does not adversely affect the health of the water or of surrounding communities. In Massachusetts, the Environmental Protection Agency issues these permits. The EPA did issue a NIPTES permit to Holtec, but the permit does not allow the company to dump the radioactive water in question, which comes from the plant's spent fuel pool. A spent fuel pool is where nuclear fuel is stored when it is no longer usable, which is after about five years of use. Spent fuel from a nuclear reactor is extremely hot and radioactive, so it gets put in a huge pool of water where it will spend years cooling down. And the water from that pool? That's what Holtec wants to put into Cape Cod Bay. So the EPA issued a NIPTES permit to Holtec, but the EPA said the permit does not allow them to dump the spent fuel pool water into the bay. Holtec disagreed and sent a letter to the EPA stating their belief that the permit did indeed allow them to dump because they planned to treat the wastewater prior to dumping. The EPA sent a letter back to Holtec in June, and let me just say, it is clear from the letter that the EPA is not happy with Holtec. Here is perhaps my favorite excerpt from the letter. Quote, EPA does not agree with your position, as detailed below. First, your novel interpretation, through which you attempt to narrow the permit's prohibition of wastewater discharges to untreated effluent, directly conflicts with the plain language of the permit. The provision at Part IB2 is clear on its face and provides in full that the discharge of pollutions in spent fuel pool water is not authorized by this permit." Unquote. At the end of the letter, the EPA tells Holtec they can try to apply for the modified permit we heard a little bit about at the beginning of this episode. I asked Alex if he thought there was any world where the EPA actually approves the modified permit. In EPA's letter to Holtec, they wrote that EPA would analyze any such request in accordance with the Clean Water Act and NIPTES regulations and may, if appropriate, authorize such a discharge via a permit modification. So at least in a theoretical legal sense, they haven't closed the door on it. So that brings us back to the meeting clip we heard at the beginning, where Andrew Gottlieb asks if Holtec will dump without the permit. The Holtec rep doesn't give much of an answer, and so a few minutes later, panel member and director of the organization Pilgrim Watch Mary Lampert tries again. Will Holtec agree to give the panel Senator Markey, Senator Warren, Representative Keating, Senator Moran, Senator Sears, Senator O'Connor, and the Mass uh, Attorney General not less than 30 days advance notice before you discharge any of Pilgrim's water, whether or not processed into Cape Cod Bay? I, I don't know the answer to that, Mary. Uh, well, I can't answer that. Is there any time period you could give an answer to, whether it be 15 days, 10 days, 5 days, 30 minutes? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to get back to you. A big question I was left with after this meeting was, if so many people are saying no to Holtec, including the EPA, a number of Massachusetts senators and representatives, the attorney general, and more, how is this not resolved? It seems like the answer is no, right? Well, the EPA only governs pollutants in wastewater, not radioactivity. Here's Diane. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission is tasked with regulating radionuclides. The EPA is not. So they're looking at 
uh, chemical contaminants. NRC looks at radiological contaminants. The NRC has said, okay, you can dump in Holtec and just give us your records at a later date. We trust you to do what you're supposed to do. That's really not a way for a regulator to um, be behaving in this kind of uh, situation. I went on the NRC's website to take a look at what they had to say about Holtec's plans. They have an FAQ for the decommissioning of Pilgrim 1, and one of the questions is, is the release of radioactive material and liquid effluent hazardous to the environment of the Cape Cod Bay? The answer to this question on the FAQ page was so full of jargon, acronyms, and bureaucratic speak that I reached out to the NRC to ask for clarification. The public affairs officer got back to me with a detailed explanation of the NRC's checks and balances on nuclear power plants and decommissioning in the U.S. Regarding Pilgrim 1 specifically, this is what he said. Quote, the bottom line for the NRC is whether any Pilgrim radioactive water discharges would be carried out in compliance with federal requirements. If this is the case, we would not object to them taking place. However, Holtec must still decide which disposal and or storage method it would like to use for the water. End quote. We know Holtec wants to dump the water into the bay, but until they get their modified NIPTES permit, they cannot do so legally, even if the NRC says yes. So now that we've gone over the legal side of things, it's time to talk about the science. How dangerous is this water anyway? I asked Dr. Ken Bissler, a marine radiochemist at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. We don't know exactly the concentrations and levels, I guess, of the different forms of radioactivity that might be there. So we know a lot about these types of radionuclides. We know very little about what's in the water at Pilgrim right now. This is something that was confusing to me at first. With so many regulatory agencies involved, shouldn't someone be requiring that Holtec report this data? These measurements are required. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission regulates, and the reactor operators have this list of 40, 50, whatever radioactive elements that they have to monitor. What I've seen away from their current monitoring, everything is uh, pages and pages of uh, different radioisotopes and says below detection or below lower detection limits. And if everything that they show us is non-detectable, that's really just a term that says they're not using equipment that's sensitive enough to see what's there or maybe measure what they're adding. So to me, that's not satisfying for really understanding the full set of risks and exposure and pathways. According to Ken, this isn't really a responsible way for Holtec to be decommissioning a nuclear power plant. I just don't like this idea of don't worry about it, but they're not even measuring it. Uh, but I also don't buy into a hysteria that the you know, entire Cape Cod Bay will become a, a nuclear waste zone and so damaging that we're going to have dead fish washing up on our shores from this release. But I think a responsible decommissioning, and there's a personal opinion, would be just to you know, admit what's in there, take very good precaution if you do want to release, that you can measure what's already in Cape Cod Bay with independent groups, right, not the people dumping it. From the little we know about the wastewater, Ken still isn't really worried about high-level exposure. I'm less, you know, worried about the swimming, uh, boating. You just, there's not, we've been living with a reactor, putting radioactive materials into Cape Cod Bay now for the lifetime of that reactor, whether you knew it or not. Mostly what the concern would be is the waters that get retained in Cape Cod Bay for longer periods, exposed to the people on the coastline, shell fishermen, aquaculture groups like that. But just because the water isn't brimming with high concentrations of radionuclides doesn't mean we shouldn't be careful, Ken says. We are, tend to be at the lower levels for most of these. This is not a, a nuclear detonation. This is not a Fukushima Daiichi release kind of scale. Uh, 
but I think it's important to keep in mind that we, you know, we shouldn't just say it's not there or it's zero because it's always there. We always are exposed to radioactivity, whether it's from what we eat, where we're walking, the radon in our basements, when you're on a plane, whether you're choosing to get an x-ray or something. Ken and I also talked about alternatives to dumping, and one of the best alternatives, he said, is simply waiting. Here's Ken explaining how it works. These isotopes, particularly tritium, the one that they say is more abundant, decays away. And what that really means in this world of radioactive materials is all of these isotopes are characterized by the half-life. They're radioactive because at some point they're unstable, and when those atoms decay, they release radioactivity. And for tritium, that's a process. In 12.3 years, half of that is gone. It decays away. So at this point, if you waited 12 years, 50% of the risk is gone. You wait another 12 years, it's down to 25%. So what you can do in one way to treat tritium is just to hold it on site. They're already holding dangerous nuclear materials. But in a way, time works to everyone's advantage, and you wouldn't be having this same discussion in 30, 40, 50 years. And Diane says there's already a method used in Switzerland for on-site nuclear waste storage. The Swiss plan. What we need is a dry cell on the property. And a dry cell would take care of any kind of crack, um, problem with a can, any damage, any leak. So if there are existing alternatives to dumping that we know to be safer, though of course not without risk, why is Holtec so set on dumping this water into Cape Cod Bay? I wanted to ask a Holtec representative directly, so I invited Holtec's communications division to have someone speak on the podcast. Unfortunately, I did not receive a response. However, I posed the same question about why Holtec is so set on dumping the water into Cape Cod Bay to everyone I spoke to for this episode, and they basically all said the same thing. I think that Holtec is still pursuing this potentially for cost-related reasons. To my understanding, discharging the water might be the cheapest option that they have rather than potentially shipping it to a different treatment facility or something like that. It's cheaper, and so they won't have to build other facilities on land that aren't in their budget. Holtec is about money, but dumping into our bay is just a business decision by Holtec. As I understand, the fines are $60,000 a day. To do an environmentally responsible plan that is not only more responsible, but legal, would cost them a lot more. A lot of people who might be affected by the potential discharge are upset about this. Going back to the NDCAP meeting, there's a really important part of the meeting that I think people should hear. The following is an excerpt from a letter read by an NDCAP panelist and written by Melissa Ferretti, chair of the Herring Pond Wampanoag Tribe in Plymouth. For thousands of years, the native people of this region have fished in the waters in and around Cape Cod Bay. To us, the land, water, plants, and wildlife that we coexist with are alive and sacred. Since the start of this year, we have opposed the dumping. To the Herring Pond Wampanoag, this is a continuation of centuries of colonial domination and expropriation in the heart of our unceded territory. We, the Herring Pond Wampanoag, have been rudely overlooked and ignored as if we did not exist. But we do exist. In his June 15th letter to Senator Markey, Holtec CEO Chris <coughs> Singh proclaimed his company's commitment to environmental justice. Holtec is ignoring the very indigenous voices whose dispossession made the plant possible. 
How can this possibly be understood as justice? It is not justice. It is colonialism. From our perspective, Singh's words make a mockery of environmental justice. Holtec's behavior shows blatant disregard for the rights, needs, and feelings of our indigenous community. It continues to inflict a multi-generational legacy of trauma, abuse, and exploitation. We, the first inhabitants of Plymouth, say no. There was even more in this letter that I didn't have time to include in this episode, and if you want to hear the full letter, there's a link to the November 28th NDCAP meeting in the description. So, what's the takeaway from all of this? How worried or not worried should we be? Well, here's Ken with some guidance. Make sure we're not overreacting, uh, but hold people accountable who are getting paid to deal with this nuclear waste material. You know, you can be for against nuclear power, don't scare people about swimming, maybe in Cape Cod Bay, because that might not be the issue. And then for the people pro-nuclear, it's just don't just say trust us, because there's a history of, uh, I think, uh, reason to be not trusting everything you hear from people who both have kind of abused or misused their authority, at least in terms of some of the facilities and some of their practices, and have an incentive to make money, which is going to make them behave in the least expensive way, not necessarily in the best interests of the public. Hopefully, we'll have some more specific information about what's in the water Holtec wants to dump into the bay soon. In the meantime, Holtec is waiting to hear back from the EPA about their permit modification request, which could take up to a year. Whether Holtec chooses to do something before that's resolved, who can say? <laughs> hey, Upper Cape Catch listeners, it's present day Gilda here. It's been about five months, and Holtec still hasn't dumped any of the spent fuel pool water yet, as far as we know. As Holtec awaits key regulatory decisions, its opponents haven't stopped fighting. Enterprise reporter Teo Wolf is here to fill us in. Hi, yeah, my name is Teo Wolf. I cover Town of Sandwich for the Enterprise Newspaper Group. Teo has been covering the whole situation with Holtec and Pilgrim Nuclear Power Station for a couple years now. And recently, she wrote an article for the Enterprise that provided us with a pretty interesting update. Association to Preserve Cape Cod, the APCC, hired a legal team from a very venerable Boston law firm to look into what some of the legal remedies could be. According to Teo, the state has been saying their hands are tied when it comes to stopping Holtec. But what the APCC found with the help of this law firm could change that. The APCC has suggested to the state that they may um, decline giving Holtec a new permit on the basis of an old statute that's on the books. The Massachusetts Ocean Sanctuaries Act. Which prohibits the, the dumping of any sort of toxic waste into the Cape Cod Bay. APCC's lawyers sent a 10-page letter to the state agencies uh, explaining why the Sanctuaries Act would work. And I read that letter so I could explain it to you all in plain English instead of horrific legalese. Basically, the Ocean Sanctuaries Act goes back to 1970, when the Massachusetts legislature declared the Outer Cape an ocean sanctuary and prohibited the dumping of any commercial waste. The Ocean Sanctuaries Act changed a lot over the years, and I'll link the letter in the description for anyone who wants to read more about that history. But today, the Ocean Sanctuaries Act basically starts with the assumption that no discharges are permitted. The letter says, quote, All are prohibited unless expressly authorized. There are exceptions to this law that would allow express authorization from a state regulatory agency, 
But none of these exceptions apply to Holtec, the letter argues. The Ocean Sanctuaries Act has language that allows for the discharge of industrial liquid coolant, but only when associated with, and this language comes right from the law itself, the generation, transmission, and distribution of electrical power. The letter goes on to argue that this discharge is not associated with the generation, transmission, and distribution of electrical power because it's actually associated with the opposite, decommissioning a nuclear power plant that no longer provides people with electrical power. There's a lot more in the letter, but that's basically the crux of their argument. The letter calls for the State Office of Coastal Zone Management to do two things. One, tell Holtec that if they dump the water, they'll be in violation of the Ocean Sanctuaries Act. And two, tell the State Department of Environmental Protection that permitting Holtec to dump the water would violate the Ocean Sanctuaries Act. From what you've seen, does it seem like this statute could actually work as a legal defense? You know, at these at these hearings they have, the state officials are always saying, we can't do this, our hands are tied because we don't have the ability to regulate nuclear waste. It's not in our statutes. And so here the legal team came up with a statute that does in fact cover that area. And so it's, it kind of takes the rest of the excuses away from the state, but I think the state is still exploring its options. In the meantime, the state and Holtec have collected samples of the water in question for testing, and we can expect to see those results in the coming weeks, Teo said. They're testing for anything that could be toxic. And that water has been used for years to clean the equipment and cool down radiation. I, I wouldn't begin to be able to tell you what all chemicals are in there, but it's not something you'd want to drink for breakfast, I suspect. This episode was voiced, written, and produced by me, Gilda Geist. Special thanks to Plymouth Area Community Access Television for letting me use the audio they took at the November 28th NDCAP meeting. Another special thanks to Alex Megerly, Diane Turco, and Ken Bissler. If you want to hear more from my interview with Ken, I wrote an article for The Enterprise that goes more in-depth about our conversation. That'll be linked in the description of this episode. And one last special thanks to Teo Wolf for coming on the show and getting us up to date. Her article in The Enterprise on this story is linked in the description. The Upper Cape Catch by The Enterprise comes out every Friday, just like our newspaper. Pick up your copy at our office in Falmouth or at your favorite local business. Or check us out online at capenews.net. Thanks for listening.